Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Time Out with Michael. A little bit about this podcast series. It will be a weekly podcast covering anything sports-related. Any um, major topics, uh, major transactions, anything sports-related will be covered in this uh, weekly podcast. Uh, First and foremost, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, All the support really means so much to me. Um, After this is uploaded, if um, there's any suggestions, any feedback, positive or negative, please let me know. Um, I will take greatly appreciate that. Uh, secondly, I'm still waiting for the rest of my gear to get here. It will be here this weekend, so I apologize that the quality is a little low. But hopefully, after this episode, everything will be will be a lot better. Well, without further ado, let's roll right into the first topic. All right, Giannis and the headbutt. What were my initial reactions to the whole thing that went down between Giannis and Mo Wagner? Well, I'm in California right now, so I don't really get to catch many Bucks games live. So being able to catch this and actually seeing it live was a real treat. I really love that Giannis did this, that he acted out. It's kind of like a warning to the rest of the league. You know, you're going to stop double-teaming, triple-teaming him, hacking him down low. You're going to stop doing all that, all that garbage. Because let's be honest, you know... We've got players around the league that you just look at them, you touch their beard, i.e. James Harden, and they get two free throws. Like, it's become a meme, but it's true. You know, it's it's comical at this point. You know, just like Giannis said in his post-game interview, I don't think I was frustrated with Wagner. I think it was just a whole buildup of dirty plays in my mind. Guys tripping me, guys falling in front of my feet, holding me, hitting me. That is what Giannis deals with game in, game out. I truly feel that Giannis is deeply sorry for what he did. I don't think that he meant to target Mo Wagner. This wasn't like his, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to go target Mo Wagner. I think that was just a cherry on top of what Wagner was doing to him uh, in the paints. Giannis has been known to be a calm and collective guy. He's been criticized in the past not being a vocal leader. And he took that personally this season. He's become more outspoken in the within the locker room, on the courts. This um, he's been in a couple scuffles this season. Nothing, nothing like the headbutt, obviously. But there has been times against uh, Blake Griffin that comes to mind. So yes, uh, Giannis is really trying to become more of that vocal person on the courts. He's being more involved with the media. I'm starting to really like how Giannis is maturing. Do I think that the one-game suspension was enough? I do. Um, I don't think that he deserved to be suspended within the playoffs. Obviously, a fine will be coming along with the suspension as well. Probably a pretty hefty fine, if I would imagine. I see the league is calling for him to get like a four-game suspension. He does not, absolutely does not deserve a four-game suspension. I've seen a lot more physical altercations break out, and they just get a fine. Maybe a one-game suspension, but what happened between uh, Wagner and Giannis, no, that's that's nothing more than a game suspension. I think uh, if you want to take some, some good out of the situation, I think it lights a little fire under Giannis's ass. You know, I really think it gets him going, gets his teammates going. Uh, he needs to be... As we were talking about earlier, he needs to be that vocal leader come playoff time. 
he needs to really take a, a huge step. Giannis has played outstanding. He's the obvious MVP. Could be even the defensive player of the year candidate this season. And he really needs to amplify that times 10 if he really wants to bring home the, the trophy. The real hardware this come playoff time. Are the Bucks and Lakers recent trends concerning? Going into the bubble, both the Lakers and the Bucks had the number one seed on lock. If you just tuned into the NBA season while they're inside the bubble and you watch them play, it didn't really seem like it. Very sloppy play on both teams. Uh, both records are three and four. Players that were progressing within the 2019-2020 season seemed like they regressed uh, inside the bubble. Overall, I'm not really too concerned. Both teams have their guy. Um, they both have their leaders. Uh, LeBron James on the Lakers. Giannis on the Bucks. They both have their support cast around them. They're built for the long haul here. Coach Budenholzer has been throwing out some wacky lineups. Uh, the main guys have been resting a lot. So all in all, I'm not really too concerned. But what I am concerned about, how they are not being able to close out games. Like I said, they're 3-4 and four, uh, as we stand. Could very well be 5-2 and two if they were just closed out two games. Um, versus the Rockets, and then again against the Mavericks. Especially against the Rockets. It wasn't like, you know, James Harden or Russell Westbrook killed them. Um, the Bucks killed themselves. Letting Westbrook to a line and hitting free throws multiple times in the final minute is what really cost them. On the other hand, against the Mavericks, Luka had a career night. Yeah, 34 points, 19 assists, guys, 12 rebounds, just crazy. Both games should have been easily put away before that, though. So that is very alarming come playoff time. You cannot have that. You need to be able to close out games. If you have any type of lead in the final minute, you need to preserve it. Giannis cannot be afraid to take that shot. You're up by two. You're up by four. You cannot be afraid to take that deep two or that three-point shot. I feel Giannis goes out and looks for Chris Milton or George Hill, who's ever in. He just needs to maintain his aggressiveness, always looking to score, always looking to grab that rebound from that defensive end, looking for that block steal. The other thing that I'm really concerned about, are, where are the reserves here? Where is Dante DiVincenzo? Where is Ursan? The only player that has really came in consistently off the bench is Pat Connington. And that's a huge surprise to me. This dude is hitting 50% from beyond the arc. His aggressiveness on the defensive end is what's really trying to keep this second team together. Dante has been the biggest disappointment. He was the bread and butter on that second team. And when Chris went down with the injury early on... He came into the starting lineup and was that energy guy. He was energetic. He was so fun to watch. Inside the bubble, he has been quite the opposite. Shooting 20% from uh, from three. Every time he tries to put the ball down, it seems like it just goes off his foot out of bounds. He has really played very slop sloppy. He's known to make off-balance layups, and he's even starting to miss those. 
I don't know what's going in, going on inside the bubble, but I'm not liking it one bit. This is not the time to waste everything you have worked hard for over the last two seasons. The last thing that I'm really concerned about overall from what I've seen inside the bubble is Eric Bledsoe. Where, where's his emotions at? It seems like inside the huddle, on the court, in between plays, he's just his brain's not all there on the court. He's supposed to be that number three guy on the team. And just watching him so far since he came back, missing those first two games, it's as if he does not want to be there. Eric, if you don't want to be there, let Frank Mason play. In the two, three games so far that he's had extended playing time, he's shown that he can he can play at the high-level NBA. He's won the, the NBA G League MVP this past season. He can score. He can get to the rim, no problem. He's defending well. He's just been playing amazing in the limited actions that he's seen so far. The Lakers and Bucks have their concerns, yes, but playoff basketball is totally different from regular season basketball, from bubble basketball, whatever you want to call it. These Both of these teams are built for the playoffs, so I am not too concerned. They will be just fine. They have the first round of playoffs, should be easy, easy four, maybe five games. They'll be all right. All right, what are the teams to watch come playoff time? Man, if you're an NBA fan, you're going to love the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Outside of the first two seeds, you know, the Bucks and the Raptors, you've got the Celtics versus the 76ers, and man, I am so excited for that series. Whenever those two teams play, it's it's always a show. It's always a, a great game, and that's a series I believe that will go to seven games, even with Ben Simmons out. That takes a huge toll on their defense, but I, I think Tobias Harris will, will pick it up. He's going to play a little bit harder, uh, especially on the offensive side. I think the Sixers will be able to hold their own within the first round. That other playoff matchup between the, the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers, I really think the Pacers are going to win this series. TJ Warren has really stepped up in the bubble. He has really been playing amazing basketball, having that 50-piece, a couple 30-point games. Victor Lodipo coming back, playing better basketball than he has before. That's a team that has a solid bench, has a decent starting lineup, can definitely take on the Miami Heat and sneak into the second round. Pacers are the team to watch in the Eastern Conference. Now, out in the West, man, anything's possible out there. The one series that I'm really excited for is the Thunder versus Rockets. Having Chris Paul play against the Rockets and then having Russell Westbrook play against the Thunder, I think that's only fitting to summarize how this NBA season has been. It's going to be a great series. So good, I don't even want to take a guess on how that outcome would be. But if I had to, I would have to go with the Rockets. At the beginning of the season, everybody rolled the Thunder off. Oh, they're going to be battling for the 14th, 15th seed. They're going to be a lottery team, this and this. Chris Paul can't handle a team by himself. Well, what do we have here? They are a fourth seed as of right now going to the final regulation game. And they want to win the playoffs. 
Chris Ball is a winner, and he wants to win at least one playoff series here. And I think this is his opportunity to finally show the NBA that, hey, I can do this. Even if I am in my mid-30s already, I can still play ball. Don't be surprised if the Thunder make a run in the playoffs. All right, let's have a little fun here, all right? My bubble awards. We're going to go over most improved player, the sixth man, coach of the bubble, defensive player, and most valuable player inside the bubble, all right? Now remember, this is just the eight games inside of the bubble. We'll go ahead and kick off with most improved player, and that would be TJ Warren. This guy started off the bubble unbelievable. Nobody in their right mind would have ever guessed what he had done. Um, in six games, he has averaged 31 points, six rebounds, two assists. In his first three games inside the bubble, he had 53 points, 34 points, and 32 points. Nobody would have guessed this. Like what he's done, he's really provided that that spark plug on the Pacers. Very streaky shooter, great defender, can clean up the boards as well as he had a couple double doubles. He's just been that one guy that's helped the Pacers go five and two in the bubble. All right, my sixth man of the bubble would go to Kyle Kuzma from the Los Angeles Lakers. Mr. Game Winner against the Nuggets. He's having averages of 15 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists inside the bubble. Being able to have him come off the bench is such a luxury for the for the Lakers. Right, coach of the bubble would go to the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. Uh, this one's pretty obvious. The only team that's undefeated, 7-0 so far, has propelled this team from a laughing stock to a legitimate 8th seed contender. A lot of stuff needs to happen. A couple teams need to lose. Suns still need to win that last game. But if if all that goes well, man, I would love to see them be that eighth seed. It's been a few years since they've been in the playoffs, and they deserve it. Great fan base. They have a great superstar, Devin Booker. Uh, man, that's, that's a playoff series I would love to watch. Lakers, Suns. My defensive player of the bubble goes to Brooke Lopez, Milwaukee Bucks. Man, this one, a lot of people are probably going to disagree, but he is just the anchor. He is the anchor of one of the greatest defenses in NBA history. Maybe he doesn't fill the, the stat sheets up, but so far in the bubble in six games, he's averaging, averaging two and a half blocks and one steal. But it's not what the stats say. It's about what he physically does. He's always defending the paint, the glass. He's the cleanup guy. He does all the dirty work so everybody else can have their stats. And it really, it doesn't go unnoticed, Brooke. You definitely deserve the defensive player of the bubble. You've really helped maintain, keep these games close to honestly what they really should be. All right, and last but certainly not least, the most valuable player inside of the NBA bubble goes to... Damian Lillard, and when I tell you, I stayed up a couple hours on for this one. Devin Booker definitely was up there. It was a close number one and number two. Both teams came back from being a non-playoff team to definitely in the thick of things here. D 
Damian Lillard has averages of 37 points, 5 rebounds, and 9 assists. He has just been absolutely unstoppable. Since the Clippers game, he put up a 51-point game, and he followed that one up with a 61-point game. Make Paul George eat his words, man. That is the greatest, and I'm talking about the greatest payback you can ever have. I, uh, these playoffs are going to be really so much fun to watch. I am so excited. This could very well be the best playoffs we've seen in recent history. The East have a few solid teams out of the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics. The West obviously have both Los Angeles teams. Um, even the the Rockets, Thunder, Nuggets, everybody, man. It's, it's going to be a great playoff, and I'm, I'm so excited. Plus, there will be no Zion. Oh, there will be no Zion. What better? Oh, man, I, you don't understand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that's all we have time for for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in. This has been so much fun. Cannot wait for next week. Should even be better when all my uh, equipment gets here. So go ahead, give this a like, retweet, whatever you're streaming this on. Any feedback would be greatly appreciated as well. Until next week, time in.